Welcome to Real Kipper and Born Minus Real Kipper at Sam McKee. Kipper is not with us today. He's hosting a charity brunch. I don't know. Sammy, welcome to being a co-host for the day. How are you, my friend? Hey, but I'm, I'm doing well. Uh, yeah, Kipper's, you know, living that rich and famous lifestyle. People just want him to host things and be places, and they just like having Kipper around. I have not entered that phase of my career. People don't really necessarily like having me around that much, so <laughs> not I'm here to with pay you. you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, there is – there's a real burden to being that guy, and I know people are like, "Oh, woe is me, the poor, you know, the poor guy gets paid, you know, to go do these things." But you gotta go be, you gotta put on a show, you gotta be the guy. We are joined by the great. Oh, he had to call in. <laughs> we are joined for a quick moment here for Kipper. Kipper, what's going on, man? I'm good. Uh, sorry, I couldn't be there today. I'm helping uh, a good friend, Neil Bodak, uh, out in Durham on a. Uh on an event today that uh, I forgot when our show switched over from four to nine to uh, (laughs) make the necessary adjustments, but it's all good. I just wanted to come in and just maybe give some thought to the the fact that uh, we see Naz Kadri in the lineup tonight, guys. The thought was last night that uh, his status would be moved from day to day to a game-time decision. So what does that mean? I think barring any changes this morning on the way he feels or the way the medical staff feels, the thought is that uh, they, they brace his thumb and he could be playing uh, tonight uh, in what wow. should be a, a very important game. Are you wow. kidding me? That's massive. Uh, what, what are your thoughts or expectations if he's able to come back, Kipper? How do you play like that? Well, the, the, what I'm hearing, GB, uh, is that uh, they really feel like uh, it's not at risk. Barring him falling down again or, or jamming it really hard, i.e. hitting it, uh, being checked, jarring the thumb, that there's no real risk of it getting worse. The only thing is, is how hard can he shoot a puck? Right. We can see in, in, the, in the video he's handling the puck well, he probably is shooting at maybe 60%, 50%. Is that enough? I'll ask you this, guys. Would you rather have Kadri at 60 or 70% or someone else in the lineup? That's their dilemma. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I guess, you know, it's not like Kadri's a guy who shoots a ton from distance. He can tip some in and, and do all the other things that makes him effective. You just wonder if there would be some hesitation to go into those piles. Would Tampa target him in any way because of something like that? Um, I don't know. I guess if you're him, you want to get in there. And the answer is yes, they would target him 100%. You think so, eh? I would. I would. (laughs) Yeah, I know. He's an important player. You can't just let him free wheel out there. I'm trying to win a Stanley Cup, right? Come on. No kidding. I I just wanted to pass that information. I'm being called upon, but uh, enjoy. Enjoy the game tonight. Have a great show. All right, Kipper. Thanks for joining us, buddy. Good luck. Thanks, man. Later. I love it. Our correspondent. Our correspondent <laughs> on the scene. <laughs> CNN correspondent, uh, Nick Kiprios, reporting live that Kadri's going to play tonight. Like, for any of you who had any doubt about Kipper's love of doing this and hockey and the show and all that, have none. Like, you know, we, we were not uh, begging him to come on today. Like, he, you know, he, he was upset about missing today. And he's like, I want to contribute. 
He had something for us. What a guy, eh? Uh, That's amazing. So what, what? let me ask you that question. Would you rather – I think it's just a moral boost to have a guy like Kadri, one of your best players all year, regardless of how he's playing – but just to sort of have that personality, to sort of have that guy on the bench, to have that sort of fiery guy out there, I think you'd rather have him than one of your sort of black ace type guys at the bottom of your lineup, no? Yeah, it's it's a real question, though. Like, I, I do wonder, you know, all the things that make him effective. So he obviously, it's not like he's going to be able to fight anyone or anything. Like, is he less effective if he doesn't want to interact and jaw with guys and go face-to-face the way he can be scrappy? With, with everyone knowing that he's got sort of a, an Achilles heel uh, with that thumb going on, you know. And, and then, you know, there's the – will he be hesitant? He hasn't played in a while. It's not it's not a no-brainer for me, Sam, that he go back no, in right I, away. No, like, I mean, he's pr- it's probably the right decision, particularly if you want him at his best in games six and seven. You got to get him in there at some point. But I, I don't know. It's a, I don't know if they're going to be better for having him in immediately. I think, man, that's that's why coaches, I guess, make the big bucks. You kind of have to, you kind of have to weigh those things we're talking about. But if I'm Bednar, if I'm making a decision, I'm putting him back in the lineup. I think you go by what you see on the first couple of shifts. You have capable guys up and down your lineup that can kind of slide into that role if he can't give you a whole lot. But I think you kind of play it by ear here. Not that they're playing with house money at this point. I think they have the two-one series lead here. I think this is a good spot to get them in. I just. I think you play it by ear, but if I'm Bednar, I'm getting him in there tonight and seeing what I can get from uh, one of my best players all year. Yeah, no, I, I think that, that makes a lot of sense to me too. So we'll uh, we'll keep keep an eye on that. We're going to talk more about the the game tonight, Game Four, huge matchup. Um, you know, towards well the end of the show, I guess we'll focus on it a little bit more. Um, we got a couple of guests today. We're going to be joined by David Amber, who last night hosting the well, NHL Awards, he was on stage sort of hosting. Multiple- he was on stage multiple times. I was like, wow, what a big get by me. The guy's on stage at the award <laughs> yeah. show. Now he's coming on. So I had decided I didn't have a full eye on it. I was very interested to see Matthews and see who was winning the big awards. But I was doing other stuff while watching it. But it looked like an okay event. You know, Keenan Thompson had to – was that the name? Keenan Thompson? Is that the guy that yeah. hosted? Is that the name? Yeah. yeah, he had to take a, a really crappy shot at the Toronto Maple Leafs. No, it's a great to... joke. Oh, yeah, just after Austin Matthews gets the honor of his life, he's like, let me make some stupid joke that a guy on Twitter would make. And then uh, – Everybody the joke, by the way, Twitter. the joke was that good to see the Leafs win something in June for once. Oh, huh, oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh Honestly, come on. That's up. a good joke. You're I sensitive. Guess, I guess. <laughs> so I, do you want to talk Matthews here for a couple minutes yeah, before we get to Amber? Because, I do. man, I'm, I'm having complicated feelings this morning about it. And okay, I had complicated okay. feelings about it last Run night. Through it. I've just been sort of uh, – talking to a lot of my Leaf fan buddies. I've been kind of, you know, gathering information, getting a sense of, doing a survey, if you will, about how they're sort of feeling about this. And the feeling that's coming across is kind of a similar one that I'm feeling. I'm very happy for the guy. It's an incredible accomplishment, especially to me, the Ted Lindsay. I think yeah. the Ted Lindsay is almost more impressive than the heart. It's just, I, it's impossible for me to weigh it, not weigh it against what happened in May. And a lot of the people I'm feeling that I'm talking to feel the same way. Look, I never in a million years thought a, a, a Leaf would win the heart. A Leaf would win the 10 Lidsey. A Leaf would look like this. But, man, even a round win, it would be different. But, man, I have a hard time not weighing it. Do you think that's completely unfair? 
I don't know, Sam. I don't have like a quick uh, knee jerk to that. I don't know if it's entirely unfair because I guess because I don't know. You know, a Lou Lamorella line is if if you have to ask the question, you already know the answer. The fact yeah, that I'm questioning it, 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 it does, it does, yeah, it has something to do with it for sure. There, it, there's some influence on how we look at the awards based on how the team's success has been, even though it is a regular season award for an individual player. I don't know. You know, the the Matthews thing. I guess the narrative has shifted to me since the playoffs ended about how Matthews played against Tampa Bay. Like during the series, I thought we thought he played pretty well. They contributed offensively. They're over a point per game. You know, he made some plays. And now I feel like, at, you know, watching Tampa Bay in the Stanley Cup final, I'm hearing a lot of, oh, Matthews didn't do enough in the playoffs. I don't know. Are we rewriting that a little bit? Was It was a pretty good postseason performance, I thought. Yeah, but... Like we talked about the week after that week after where we talked about the Leafs for uh, two hours and lamented them not getting by. The final exam, game seven, you're one goal away. You're one shot away from going to the second round, potentially going to the third round. Who knows what happens? You get past that and you need your 60 goal score to be the guy that goes out there and scores it for you. I, I understand that he had goals in the series. He contributed, but like, it's just a complicated thing for me. And I, I think it's an incredible achievement. Listen, he's the first guy to win MVP since what, Peter Kennedy or Ted Kennedy in 1955? Like, they yeah. were wearing leather boots with knives on their feet the last time an MVP <laughs> for the least one. Like, I know. It's a really amazing accomplishment for one of the biggest franchises in the NHL, but I, I'd just be lying to Leaf Nation if I said it meant a lot to me. I really would. I think, you know what... You know what I what I get hung up on a little bit is you know here you go well he's you know your sixty goal guy you he's, he's got to be the one you're a shot away from from going by and you know the final exam he doesn't ace it or whatever in game seven you know who aces it for Tampa Bay Nick Paul aces it not Nikita okay. Kucherov you know who aces it for for the Penguins Max Talbot scores the goal not Sidney Crosby that's no, a like, great point you know like your perception of these guys. It does hinge on team success, and it's important, but it's not always those guys, and he just, it hasn't, it hasn't happened yet, you know? And it, it is easy to sit here and feel like it's never going to, the way maybe it felt like for Tampa Bay it was never going to after getting swept by Columbus. I'm not saying the Leafs are going to do it all what Tampa Bay has done here, but, you know, lots of story to be written, but man, it does, it, I can't say that it doesn't affect how I look at the team award. Did you look at much of the award voting, Sammy, like how the votes guys got? Yeah, I love that stuff. Four first place votes were given to John Johnny Goudreau. I, I mean, I don't even know what to say. Two went to Kirill Kaprizov. Like you watched the yeah. whole NHL season. You watched McDavid and Shosturkin and Yossi and Matthews and thought that Kaprizov or Goudreau were better. Listen, I don't want to. I don't want to slam our media brethren, but some of the voting stuff, I always see it. I'm like, Jesus. Like, you know, Charlie McAvoy getting a first place vote for the for the Norris. Like, I like Charlie McAvoy. He had a great year, but like, really? <laughs> like, Kale McCarr, Roman Yossi, Hedman. I don't know. I just, I, I, I'm fascinated by that stuff. But yeah, I completely agree with you that to vote for anyone for first place other than Shosturkin, Connor, or Matthews is a little bit of a stretch. Yeah. Well, we are joined now by a man who is there in the flesh handing out awards. Just a big wheel in Vegas. Uh, David Amber, how's it going, buddy? How you doing? Hey, man. Good to be on the show, guys. Uh, big wheel, no. I'm a, I'm a very small, tiny, insignificant cog, but it was nice to be there in the, uh, you know, to see it all un, 
unfold in person. And I, I only caught the last like 30 seconds of your show when we got patched in. So, so wait, what are you saying? Someone voted for, for what, what happened? McAvoy was voted well, for MVP? No, that didn't No, happen. for Norris. No, like, you know, we're trying to, you don't want to like, you know, we're not trying to kill our, uh, our media brethren, as Sammy put it, but just looking at the award voting, it's impossible for me to look at the votes and not go, how did four people vote for Goodrow? For for first overall, and two people voted for Kirill Kaprizov for first overall. I don't know. Did did you have a ballot this year, Da? Do you want to talk about your ballot? Yeah, sure. I, okay, yeah, that's that's kind of crazy. So yeah, I did have a ballot. <laughs> um, you know, I had Kaprizov and Goodrow both on my ballot for for MVP, yep. and Kaprizov I believe was fifth. Goodrow I believe was fourth, and the top three were the fi- three finalists. Um, so a correct ballot. <laughs> so is that so is that heart? You were talking heart here, right? Yeah, Honestly, yeah, because, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't vote on the Ted Lindsay as much as I like to think I'm a player. Um yeah, I, I had Matthews, McDavid, Yossi, uh, Goudreau, and Kaprizov. I mean that's all there. You could see you can find my ballot, it's in there somewhere. But yeah, yeah I um and listen, you could have made a case. Here was my and, and there would be some people that go, Well, wait a minute, how did he leave Shesterkin off? Well my my right. my um thought process guys was Shesterkin was phenomenal, and I know there was all the value added and all the, the expected goals and all that. He didn't play enough. When when you when I went back and I looked, yeah. and I looked at Carey Price, I looked at Dominic Hasek, guys who've won the MVP playing goalie, and they played. I think it was somewhere between the area of eighty to eighty eight percent of the games for their team. I want to say Shesterkin uh, played sixty four percent of his team's games. To me, that's not enough. To me, you need to, if you're going to be the MVP and you're playing 54, I think it was out of 82 games. That's just not enough. So yeah. that that to me left him off the ballot. It wasn't that when he played he wasn't great? He had he played, you know, had he made 65 starts with those numbers, uh, that changes my feel on it. So I left him off the ballot. I looked at Kaprizov. I looked at Gaudreau. I looked at some of you know. I can make cases for all five guys. And and Matthews with the 60 goals to me, you know, he was the deserved MVP. We just don't see that happen. And maybe, and to be honest with you, maybe Connor McDavid was a victim of his own brilliance. I mean, we yeah. maybe set a bar. You, you, Justin, you remember like doing LeBron. shows. Yeah, you know what? You remember doing shows early in the season, and we were um, doing leaf shows, and we're saying, oh yeah, McDavid's going to get 150 points. You know, I think mm. Stewie. I think Stewie did one of his. Put the over at 165, you know, Stewie, like three yeah. weeks of the season. <laughs> and then he has this thing, he has this incredible season, but you know, he didn't he didn't hit that kind of craziness. So yeah. I think he might have almost been a victim of being so good. But at the same time, Matthew's very deserved and, and I was quite happy for him. Yeah, for sure. And I like the point about Shesterkin for the Hart Trophy because it's not like he didn't think he deserved the Vesna. He certainly did. But to win the Hart, it's another level of contribution you're looking for there. The one Hart thing that I did, DA, and let you let me know what you think of this. So I had Yossi second in Norris voting to Kale McCarr. You know, uh, mm-hmm. Yossi actually got more first place votes than McCarr for the Norris. Uh, McCarr wins it in the end. I had them one too, but I had Yossi fourth in my heart ballot and Makar fifth. I had Yossi ahead of him. I flipped them given the value he had to Nashville. Uh, does that make any sense or am I way off base in that logic? I think that's completely fair. I had Yossi first on my Norris ballot um, yeah. and I think I kind of factored in the MVP part of it. Like Without Yossi, Yossi had to completely control the play, and he did when he was out, you know, on the ice for the Predators. And Makar, as and Makar, by the way, is going to probably win what five, six. I mean, he's like Lidstrom-esque. Let's face facts. Yes. But 
Um, I just thought Yossi was the more dominant guy for his team. And I know that's not necessarily what we're voting for, but that's the criteria I used as well. So I, I think what you're saying makes total sense. And I think yeah. Elliot Friedman pointed out something interesting to me last night, and I, I got to check this to make sure this is accurate. I assume it is. But he said what really threw him off was that someone left Yossi off the ballot. One of the voters left Yossi off of his Norris ballot completely. And it wouldn't have changed things, right? Like, here's the thing. You know, he was going to finish second regardless if that person put him as another first-place voter or not. But the idea that he wasn't a top-five defenseman, I mean, we're going to get full disclosure on who voted for what. Um, but that, to me, seems like a massive, massive omission. And you kind of just scratch your head, like, how could you have missed Yossi? Or were you watching the games at all? So I know. You know, I, that I was do... a bit – he had more first-place votes than McCarr. I know. I do think that, like, you know, there's this uh, this risk of groupthink with a lot of these awards where you get the sense of what everyone else is voting for on Twitter. You don't want to be the person who gets brought up in these sort of conversations is like, what the hell were you doing there? But there are certain ones, like, uh, Tuka Rask got a, an all-star vote, like, for one of the all-star votes. He played four games yeah. with an 884 save percentage. Probably like, the same some... that had McAvoy winning the Norris. You know, you might not be wrong there. Could have is, is Jack Edwards. Can we, yeah, can we get Jack Edwards' ballot out here? We need to check this. Um, so, what, yeah, listen, I, I know you said you don't want to start ripping guys because, listen, I, you know, everyone has their own opinion on things, and that's fine, and that's what this is supposed to be. It's just some of them you, you go, I go, okay, well, just spell it out to me. How does Tukarask, you know, what did Tukarask do? How many games did Tukarask even play last year? Four. four. He played four. <laughs> like, that's where I think they should say, look, you're doing a you're, you know you're doing a disservice to this, and I'm sorry, you know maybe this isn't for you. Well, I actually do think that there is some latitude for them to decide who votes and, and who doesn't, and that would certainly seem like grounds to me to not get to vote again the next year. It's I consider it a privilege for sure. And obviously, mm-hmm. there's I mean there's money in it for these guys, right? Like a lot of their contracts are you know bonuses hinge on this stuff and their legacies. It's it's important. How was the vibe there last night, DA? Like, what's it like uh, being it, around all that? Well, it was really fun. It was it was much more intimate. It was a smaller setting. The NHL, you know, to their to their credit, they had to on the fly change what they how they usually do things. Right? It, it's pretty easy to to say, hey, everybody, let's go have a party in Vegas. The season's over. Let's get the best of the best out there, and we'll we'll party it up. And everyone, guys, like, okay, sign me up. Uh, you know, it's much different to say to guys. You know, a week ago, we don't know if we're going to New York. We don't know if we're going to Tampa. Uh, we don't know the specific date, but we need you, hopefully, to be in New York or Tampa in these right. five days. And you know, and and guys to show up. And, and pretty much every candidate um, nominee was there. Uh, I, I think most everyone was there. I, I, Connor McDavid, I don't think made it, but everyone else was there. So they did a really good job. It was more like a, a intimate wedding setting there. Um, but everyone seemed loose and having fun. Certainly, Makar and Hedman were a bit more on edge, knowing what you know they have looking out in front of them. Um, but what I really liked is the, the NHL. You know, Steve Mayer, who runs the events for the NHL, did a great job of hitting all the right notes. You know, they bring out the Snow family, who's such an inspiration for so many people, and that that was a really moving moment, a really nice tribute to the Snow family and Chris Snow and his continuing battle with ALS. Uh, they brought out, you know. Nadia and and Red, you know, that great story, uh, Vancouver and Seattle and the fan identifying the cancerous, you know, mole on on his neck. Um, Keenan Thompson is always, I think he's hilarious. 
You know, it was almost a drop the mic moment at the end there. You know, granted, it was at the at the brunt of the Leafs. uh, You know, but it was but it was you know a funny moment. So I I think they did a great job, all things considered. I do think they're going to move it back to to Vegas. I think that's the plan. It'll be postseason, so I think we'll be back in order. Although they did like this idea of sort of giving out some awards down the stretch and then just having this for the big five. I I do think having a one-hour show is probably not a bad thing. That seems fitting as opposed to sort of two hours with like 15 awards, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, But they just, I don't think they can run the risk of saying, well, we'll do it during the Stanley Cup final and then the Stanley Cup final, you know, is in Winnipeg or whatever or or wherever and you're (laughs) trying to lure guys and that's no knock on Winnipeg, but it's wherever and and guys are like, well, you know, am I going to come back from Sweden, you know, for this? So, I, I think they're going to end up back in Vegas. But they did a really good job, all things considered, guys. Yeah, no, that's super impressive and a really good point. Yeah, it's nothing against Winnipeg at all. Just You're right. It's a, a big commitment for these guys to come back over. So mm-hmm. uh, one of the – well, obviously the biggest awards goes to Austin Matthews. We're a Toronto Maple Leaf show. Uh, have talked this guy's season up and down this morning. He wins the Hart Trophy Award, and Sammy comes on today and goes, I don't know, but the team didn't win, which is fine. And then, Sammy, I'm throwing you under the bus. You did point out that, you know, it was it's a special yeah, year for the guy. Go away, pal. I don't care. <laughs> so <laughs> does, it, does it taint anything for you, you know, that there isn't more team success when a guy wins an award like this? Does it change anything, or are you still just in awe of the individual accomplishment? Yeah, I mean, these are separate things, right? I mean, uh, Taylor Hall won the MVP quite deservedly so, what, five, six years ago for New Jersey. And New Jersey, I think, won one game in the playoffs. He was just, he carried them to the playoffs. I mean, Austin Matthews, this was a this was a historic season, right? It wasn't like he set the all-time goals record for a Maple Leaf. I mean, he had a 60-goal season, right? And, you know, JV, we were doing a bunch of Leaf shows leading up to that. And it was like, we haven't seen this in, you know, since Steven Stamkos. And before Stamkos, I think it was like, Lemieux or Yager or whatever it was. I mean, we're talking about something we've seen twice or three times in 25, 30 years. Like, this was a historic season. It doesn't detract from the pain of Leaf Nation knowing they didn't, you know, get through that first-round hurdle yet again. Uh, But to, 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 you know, uh, not reward Austin Matthews for what was a historic and legendary season would be criminal. So um, I, I thought he was the MVP and, you know, what maybe surprised me a little more is I, I was, uh, you know, thinking the Ted Lindsay, the award that uh, Martin LaFleur and I were able to present last night, I actually thought Connor McDavid was probably going to win simply because of the fear factor. I figured if you're any defenseman in the league, who's the most feared guy coming in towards you is Connor McDavid. I figured, all right, right off the hop, he's got like 140, you know, votes, right? Like, <laughs> you know, and that's not to detract from, from Austin Matthews, but it's just like Connor McDavid puts you on a poster, right? Connor yeah. McDavid. You're suddenly, uh oh, I'm the uh, you know highlight of the night. Uh, whereas, whereas Matthews just you know is so incredible, burns goalies left and right, but he, he's not generally going to dangle five guys and score. That's not his game. Right. Does uh, Tampa's success in the playoffs after that Leaf series change how you view the Leafs? series and season at all you know is there any sort of credit to the whole like well maybe if they had won that game seven uh, do you feel differently at all about the Leafs well it's funny I mean a lot of us while that series was taking place and I was covering other series but obviously watching that series very intently is a lot of us felt whoever wins that series would be the favorite to come out of the east like that sure. was it was that 
you know, tightly fought. And we all know Florida was going to have home ice advantage, but we had, you know, Florida was sort of this unknown commodity. Can they win playing the style they play, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Bobrovsky, we all know his track record. So, um, you know, there was a strong feeling that whoever came out of that would come out of the East, and that's exactly what ended up happening. I mean, I guess so. Listen, if Tampa rolls to a third straight Stanley Cup, or even if they lose to this incredible Colorado team, I think you're going to view it as, wow, the Leafs were that close because they would have had a greater level of success. Uh, you know, had Tampa got swept by Florida instead of them sweeping Florida, we would have been like, oh, my God, you know, mm-hmm. how did the Leafs lose to these guys? <laughs> so <laughs> there's a certain level of optics, but it doesn't change the bottom line. And the bottom line is the Leafs have to find that right recipe of you know, the makeup of guys. And and full credit to Julian Brisebois again. You know, he loses his whole third line, right, the Gord, uh, Coleman, Goodsbrough line, and finds the Perry, the uh, Edouard Belmar, uh, you know, um, Pierre-Edouard uh, Belmar. He goes out and gets Nick Paul, who you know, I can't, you can't even say his name in Toronto anymore. You know, I was covering the, uh-huh. the East Fine. I said, do you, are you even like talking to your buddies in Toronto? He's like, no, half of them won't talk to me anymore. after scoring those two goals in game seven. So, you know, like he's gone out, he's found the right pieces. And, um, you know, and it's incumbent again on Kyle Dubas, who had a great track record of finding, you know, the Michael Buntings who was there last night. And, you know, he had a pretty good off season last off season, Kyle Dubas did. But he's got to hit some more home runs this year because now McKayev's going to be gone or whatever. And, you know, and Spets has retired, et cetera, et cetera. So, we, you know, it's a matter of the least plugging in those right guys because, you know, I, I think that's where we're at right now. Um, you know, Tampa set an incredible benchmark. And it, it's, you know, they're going to be a dynasty potentially for a reason. So it's, it's really tough and the least have to stare them down. To, you know, the path through the East might once again go through Tampa. And that's not a... That's not a small thing for the least to consider. No, for sure. All right, well, last one, DA, and then I'll, uh, I'll set you free. I cannot, I cannot let you leave here without asking you the, the same thing that you and I talk about in private all the time. Kyle Dubas has a lot of big decisions on his plate. Is William Nylander someone you – is he a part of the solution for this Toronto Maple Leafs? Is he – is he someone who's going to help them get over the hump like Phil Kessel does for Pittsburgh? Or is he somewhere that, I don't know, what are your thoughts on what's going to happen with Nealander, your DA? Oh, boy. I no know. I, I just, no I had to do it. JB today. <laughs> Sorry, my man. Uh, no. Well, listen, we have talked to that. I mean, everyone, I think anyone in Leaf Nation or anyone who watches the team, he is that sort of polarizing lightning rod figure. And, at his best, William Nylander is a sensational talent and a great player. When he's not at his, at his best, you know, he sometimes is not that recognizable on the ice and he's not a difference maker. And I guess it's that tantalizing, oh, man, he just keeps you wanting more. You know what would be great for the Leafs? And this is, this is asking a lot. Chris Kreider, I, I categorize in the same way as Nylander, right? He, he was this 28-goal guy, effective, amazing skater, great hands, blah, blah, blah. But it was always like that seems to be his ceiling. And then this year he goes out, scores 52 goals, is a physical presence, gets to the net with authority, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not saying we need Nylander to be a 50-goal no, scorer. But there there could be I, another gear, right? Yes, and if, if Nylander, it's not even so much him going from 28 goals to 35 goals. It's more just like if he could be an everyday presence, yeah. threat for the Leafs, if there could be that 82-game consistency, which you have the best players in the league provide, then it changes everything. It's, yeah. it's the nights off. It's the you know lack of maybe 
some of the battles that are lost, that maybe if he could turn some of those puck battles into wins that are lost um, and have that effort on a more consistent basis, he would be such a key cog for this team. It's just finding that sort of everyday mode with him. So I guess I'm, I'm not even really answering your question. No, that's great. That's great. But, you know, yeah. Dubis, you know that's, that's for the Leafs managers to sort of figure out. I, I think you're always kicking tires. You're always seeing what the options are, right? For sure, and he is um, he, he's certainly a, a talented guy, and at his salary, certainly earns it. So, uh, yeah, the, the best bet is just to hope he finds that next gear, I think. So thanks so much for joining us, DA. I know you're busy. Um, great work so far in the Stanley Cup playoffs. You're almost home, buddy. Yeah, Sam, JB, thanks for having me on. And, uh, let, you know, I'm kind of rooting for a Tampa win tonight simply because I think this series and this matchup deserves six or seven games. Yeah. Although Colorado does win tonight, the idea of them winning – on home ice because that ball arena guys it goes off if you get a chance if people are thinking about like i want to do an nhl road trip uh highly recommend colorado because the atmosphere there is is pretty damn good i I saw joe sackett last night and i just said wow and i was there in 2001 when when bork got his cup and sackett and i said it was it was cool it was exciting but i go joe the, the atmosphere is completely different he goes yeah it's a totally different fan base it's a young like party fan base there so uh definitely put that on the list for a road trip guys Awesome. Well, we appreciate you, DA. Thanks a lot, buddy. See you guys. Have a great day. David Amber, studio host of Hockey Night in Canada, NHL and Sportsnet. I love that. I love DA. I just love the sound of his voice. It makes me He's feel so best. happy here in DA. <laughs> so, um, it's funny. We asked, uh, when me and uh, Bunkus talked to Forsberg, not a big mm-hmm. deal, uh, no we asked him about the fans and about the way they acted. And he's like, was it like that when you were there? And he's like, no way. Like, he immediately was like, really? no way. It looks way yeah. different now. And that's interesting that it's a younger fan base. I mean, like, they've been there for a full generation now, right? They've been there for a long time. They've been there where there's kids that have grown up, cheering for the team, been there from the start. And it is a, uh, as the kids say, quite a lit crowd, Borny. It but, is but, you know- really, really... <laughs> Go ahead, stop saying that. Um, you know what, though? Uh, I, I think they're, they're in the sweet spot, though, Sam. Like, success is not so far away that they're jaded. It's not so recent that they don't appreciate the success. You know, like, they've, they've been bad, and so they felt like, okay, this isn't guaranteed. Uh, it's a fun, exciting group of stars. Like, all everything has kind of come together for them uh, with superstars and the, the way the situation is. So it is a ton of fun. I forgot how sure. bad they really were. They were awful. They stunk out loud. They were terrible. Yeah, they were really bad. I guess that's how they got McKinnon, but they were terrible for a long yeah. time. So they're good for them for getting to enjoy this. Uh, we're going to take a break a little earlier than usual because we're going to double guest it today. Uh, on the other half of the break, we're going to be joined by Luke Fox, NHL Leafs writer for Sportsnet, guy I very much enjoy. Uh, we will be back momentarily, and we will get Lee, uh, Luke's thoughts on what's going on with the Leafs and the Stanley Cup final. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Mary Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Real Kipper and Bourne. We're without Nikos of the Danforth today. He is a hosting a charity event. Um, I don't know, somewhere doing something, being Nick Kiprios. Hey, Sammy, I was, I was starting to say before we got Kipper, it's a job being a famous person. Like, I know Nick isn't, like, r- ragingly famous, but, like, he's got to be Nick Kiprios for a living sometimes. It's got to be stressful. No doubt. Yeah. I... 
Do you have it in you to host? A ch- have you hosted charity events? Have you hosted like golf tournaments? No. Oh my that? God, no! I actually, for the first time ever, I've accepted uh, the opportunity to MC an event at um, at Angus Glen in September, which you may be getting an invite to. We'll talk off the air here, Sammy. Mm. But um, but yeah, no, it's I've n- never had to do that sort of thing before. The Kipper, that's just his life. Yeah, I don't know if I got that in me. Like, you got to be super affable and be able to do that. Kipper's uh, the man doing something. Uh, we missed yeah. him today. We'll be back. He'll be back tomorrow. I, you know, we could talk more about Matthews before we get to Luke. But you know, there is a Stanley Cup final happening, and it's well, somewhat but intriguing. On. But before we do that, I want to ask you: the biggest story that we're not talking about is every message that I've got sent since Austin Matthews won that award, which is Austin Matthews' look these days is really unique. He is a unique-looking cat right now with the slick back yeah. and the duster. He's got the scarlet going on. Well, you know, is it going to be time soon to just Oh, he's holding on for dear life. He's holding on for dear life. (laughs) You don't want to look. The Ole Jokinen look. The biggest shock in my career is when Ole Jokinen grew his hair back. It had hair the whole time. It just chose to do the the Bick look. But Matthews is going to have to make a call whether he goes Wayne Rooney or not here soon. I may have to, too. Who knows? So here's the thing. I don't have I, I have no reference for this. I just have a thick, luscious head of hair. <laughs> I never do thought, have a mop. The thought the thought has never crossed my mind. It's never really even I do have dreams where I do go bald. That's one of the dreams that I have, recurring dreams, so maybe it will happen. But I've just never really had to know what it feels <laughs> like to hold on for dear life. And well, he's holding on I'm for starting dear life. to go through it. I'm, you know, I, I turned forty this year. Uh, you know, my the way my family balds, like I'm not going to go bald. I'm just going to kind of recede and have a giant forehead. But Matthews, mm. he's there, man. He's the villain from Green Lantern. I'm getting picks sent to me of Pablo <laughs> Escobar. I'm getting picks sent to, you know, there's there's a lot of different looks going around. So uh, he's going to have to make a call. But yes, so we can't. We can't get in touch with Luke at the moment. Maybe he was at the NHL Awards. Uh, maybe his phone's off. That's fine. Well, uh, well that's we a great chance for us to go to talk more Matthews and not about his hair. Uh, that was important to, to get out there. But uh, we have uh, a lot of clips from Matthews last night. Let, let's hear a little bit from Matthews. Sammy, why don't you, you pick which one of these you like the best? There's a lot of good ones. Let's start <sighs> picking through Austin Matthews stuff. Do you want to hear just the full speech when he said, when, like, his, from his... You know, him getting announced and him giving a speech, or do you care? It's a minute long. No, no, I don't. Don't care. Okay. No. So how about this one? Let's go spicy <laughs> right away. All right, cool. How about him, you know, he got asked if he's watching the Stanley Cup Finals, which I think is a fair question because totally. would you watch? Uh, yes. You but would I, I wouldn't have watched Matthews. all the way along. If we were eliminated in the first round or missed playoffs, I don't, I don't think I'd have watched every night. But Stanley Cup Finals, mm-hmm. I'm watching. Okay, so let's let's uh, get Austin Matthews on um, on him getting asked if he's watching the Stanley Cup Finals. Um, yeah, of course, um, been watching. It's um, I know it's it's tough to say. I've been watching for so long, and you know, six seven years now of watching. Obviously, uh, this time of year, so um, you know, I think everybody knows and understands and realizes how hard it is, um, and. You know, it's not hard. You need a lot of things to go your way and, um, and, and certain things. And, you know, we played a really good team in Tampa. And uh, there's a reason that they're back here in the Stanley Cup final for the third straight year. So, um, you know, I think these are all just uh, things that we can, you know, I suppose, learn from. And, um, 
you know, I think life's a, a long journey of, um, you know, ups and downs and um, adversity and stuff, but it's definitely one that uh, I anticipate uh, seeing through. So, um, you know, it's, uh, I think there's a lot of stuff that you can take away from it, but um, you know, I think it definitely leaves you very motivated and hungry. How much pressure do you think there is to say the things you know you're supposed to say versus just answering the questions? Like, I think I'm not, that's not meant to be a criticism of Matthews or what he said there. He said, that's great. You know, he, of course, he's watching. It's been a long time. He's going to see it through. He said everything you'd want to hear. I don't know. I just like, do you think he's sick of it? What's the vibe you got from that, from that chat? So, I watched the because he did like he obviously did his his po- his uh, speech, and then he did a one on one with Sean Reynolds, and then he did media. He talked for eight for he talked for eight minutes with the media, and you know I, I got a sense from him that he does really seem anguished that yeah. this is this something that really is affecting him, and I don't know what the conversation is with Kippers here. He's like, oh, you only got a year and a half to sign him, blah blah blah. He don't immediately be like. <laughs> I don't know what this means in terms of his Leafs long-term plan. I don't know what this means in terms of him staying at Toronto Maple Leaf or how it makes him feel about being here. But I do get the sense that he's pretty pissed that this happened again. And listen, he's a big part of why it did. But, like, I did sense a little – maybe it's because it's the summer. He's not in the – at Scotiabank Arena in front of the media – Maybe he's got his chest hair out. He's rocking his his Balenciaga suit. He's feeling good. But he did feel a little bit more open and honest to me. Yeah. And it just seemed like, I I don't know, he's such a robot, like all of them are. But just the sense I got, he was a little bit more uh, willing to talk about it. Well, I feel like these guys reach a point in their career, and I'm thinking of McKinnon and McDavid and the other superstars who haven't won yet, where... You know, you go from thinking it's going to happen the way it happens for so few superstars. Crosby got one young. Outside of that, it's tough to think of any many recent superstars who've got one young. So you, you come in the league just like thinking it's going to happen for you, and then it doesn't, and you start to feel the the pressure and the frustration. You know, Brian Burke loves to say they only hand out one cup each year, and you know it it hasn't been Matthew's turn or McDavid's turn, and those guys uh, the frustration is starting to boil over a little bit. Do you want to do the clip on if they beat Tampa Bay? Matt, Matthew's talking about that. Yeah, listen, I would love to do that clip, and <laughs> what a question! I don't know who it was that asked it. I'm not getting on him. I think it's a great question, but like looking Matthew Stone in the eye and be like. You ever think about it, buddy? It's like, <laughs> pretty, yeah, every waking hour, the thought crossed his mind. I'm pretty sure. Thought, but let's listen to what Matthews had, had to say about uh, about that. Yeah, I think it's it's pretty easy to think that. So, um, yeah, of course. I mean, it's been, I think, three times we've played the first-round team and they ended up going to the finals, right? So, um I mean, there's nothing we can do about it now. So uh, you just put your best foot forward. And, um, you know, tonight's been a special night. It's been a lot of fun having my family here and just enjoying <laughs> this whole process and then being around some great people. So uh, it's been good. He's like, I just so, want the heart and the Ted Lindsay, dude. We're really talking about this? <laughs> and there, let me ask you, tell you this. There was no more Leaf-related questions after that. No, he turned you know, the page he, and closed the book, he? Didn't turned he turned the page. And that was, he did it in a great job. And listen, he's right. 
The Bruins they lost to in game in Game Seven went on to lose to the Blues in the Stanley Cup Final. They lost to the Habs last year in the first round. They went on to uh, lose to Tampa, and they lost to Tampa this year, and they went on to the final this year. We don't know what's going to happen. They've yet to lose to the eventual Stanley Cup winner, so I guess that's a positive. But yeah. um, I just don't know. Uh, I just I can't believe you asked that. I love it because it gave us a clip. We can talk about it, but man, I'm sure he's thought about it a whole heck of a lot. It is interesting, like seeing the teams that they've beat have the teams that have come through them have gone on to have success. It's funny that he's like, yeah, what is it? Three teams in the last four years? Hardly thought about this at all. Like he's got statistics all dialed in. By the way, that's a uh, a brilliant pivot that they they teach you in media. I think you don't have to talk about the things someone asks you a question about. You know, mm-hmm. have, have you thought about it? I have. Just happy to be here with my family. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know, like he can. I, I thought he did an expert job there. I agree with that, and I will say there's something that I've always really, really respected about Matthews, being a big family man myself, uh, is how much he brings his family to like everything he does. You know, yeah. he always his fa- his family's always at the at the games with uh, in Toronto. He takes his sister and his family to the NHL awards. I just, I listen, like I, not uh, judging people on their family situations, but it just kind of tells me a lot about the guy that he is. I, I don't know. That's just something that I've always noticed about him and his, his parents seem really cool. They like shooting guns. I don't know. I just really like that side of Matthews. Is that, I gotta weird? Tell is you, that a weird take? No, it's not. It's a great take. It, you know, it, it does speak to someone who I think good priorities and, you know, he, mm-hmm. he's had one off ice blip in his career. Um, you know, yeah. which is, but you know, in general, the guys are pretty well composed guy off the ice. By the way, uh, I would say if I'm political about anything, I'm not a gun guy. Hate guns. I lived in Arizona, though. Shooting guns is a blast. I li- <laughs> you know, just go, just just actually go into the range and shooting a gun, or yeah. in our case, just That's out into the desert. shot on a yes. range. Yeah. Or just go into the desert and shoot a couple of tin cans or something. I really <laughs> got a little bit of appreciation The episode of Breaking Bad broke out here. <laughs> More or less, yeah. Um so Matthews gets that done. The uh, you know congratulations to him. Great season. Obviously something that we've uh, enjoyed watching so, for for this year. So uh, just a one last clip that I wouldn't mind okay. playing is the res- yep. is the respect that he has for McDavid. When he talked about McDavid, okay. you could tell there's a real reverence there. Obviously, he's the best player in the league, McDavid. But you can tell that there's a real reverence that Matthews has for him. And I just like the way he spoke about him. So if we could play that last one, that McDavid uh, Matthews. Oh, uh, just sorry, Santos. I had done, uh, maybe three under the bus, but uh, McDavid. Uh, sorry, Matthew's talking about McDavid. I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I think he definitely pushes me. Um, I'd like to think I push him, but I mean, in the end, he's he's been uh, you know the cream of the crop uh, as far as what he's been able to accomplish since he's uh, been in the league. So. Um, I know any time that uh, I've had a vote for the Ted Lindsay, I'm pretty sure I just write his name down every time, uh, no matter what, just because, um, you know, just the respect I have for him as a player and just how good he is and how good he's been ever since he stepped into the league. So um, I have a lot of respect for him, obviously. I got to tell you, Sam, if I thought I was up against the guy and had a chance to win it, are you writing the other guy's name down? Are you giving him another first place vote, or are you thinking I might just maybe maybe skip him and see well, swing the, the odds thing. my way? Your vote's never getting exposed if you're a player. They have you. You could vote for anybody. You could vote for Leo Komarov if you want. No I, one's gonna I, know. I got it. I got to tell you the truth. If I'm Austin Matthews, I don't think my vote goes to McDavid. I agree. 
I give it to like, another ah, great player, Roman but like Yossi. he's the guy. I'm, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but like the guy, a guy I think is going to finish third, but the guy I think I'm head to head with, I'm pretty sure I, I, I skip it. Maybe I'm a bad person. You, this could be too inside baseball, but do you know the ins and outs of how they do that voting process? Like how many guys actually vote on the Ted Lindsay? Is it everybody? Like is it like a is it like a crew of twenty? I don't I don't know how that works. Great question and one we should have the answer to for tomorrow because I'm sure it's find yes. outable. But I don't know the uh, the way the players vote on that. Hmm. Fascinating oh, well, to so, track. Uh, would you, we should we talk about the Stanley yes. Cup final? Yes, we should do that. We we got a, a big match tonight, um, two to one. Colorado Avalanche at the lead. Game four in Tampa Bay tonight. Uh, our own insider Nick Kiprios tells us it is likely, quite likely, that Nazem Kadri makes his Stanley Cup final debut tonight. Uh, on the other half of things, it looks like uh, point will not. Points, points going to be out. It looks, uh, you know, quite unlikely in that case, which is a, a big swing in terms of the center position in this series. So, uh, your thoughts for uh, for Game Four tonight, Sammy? Kucherov is in tonight, apparently, according to, to Cooper. So after okay. that weird hit from Taves that I didn't really understand what happened, but it was a weird one, and everyone thought it was dirty, but it just looked like he missed a cross-check to me. But yeah. um, I, I'm done. I'm done picking this series. I went on the radio and multiple shows and was like, <laughs> Tampa is cooked. There's no way they're even going to win one game. They're done. I, uh, I just have no idea. Like, if you, yeah. you could tell me that, Colorado's going to come back out tonight. They've been so well prepared. They've been so well disciplined. You could tell me they're going to come out tonight and they're going to really put the pedal down, go up 3-1, heading back home. But I also see the world where Tampa just wins like they did again. They seem to figure something out. They definitely slowed down Colorado's uh, top guys. I don't wow. know. Which way are you leaning? Well, the, the most important thing, the most important detail tonight is what Darcy Kemper got. Like Colorado needed Kemper in Game Three. It was like and they was bad, bad. Like they they took two at home. They got a chance to really. I mean, to we said give Tampa a reason to quit. Just make them think mm -hmm. it's not going to happen. They needed a performance. Sorelli comes in and no shots went into the net on Kemper. Like they needed a performance from Kemper. And frankly, Tampa didn't like dominate the game, but they did enough to challenge the goalie who wasn't able to answer. So what's he got for a bounce back performance in game four is going to be crucial. And if he's good, my one prediction I'm going to make tonight is a lower scoring hockey game. You know, I, I think Tampa Bay has, a, has found a way. You know, I, I wrote an article on sportsnet.ca about short support and how Tampa was so good in game three at making little passes and being around the puck and hanging on to it. So Colorado couldn't get up the rink with all that speed that they have. Well, you know, if they do that tonight and, and Kemper's not as weak, they should have the puck. Colorado less. Couple, You know, I could see a, a five total goal game, you know, three, two win one way or the other. But I, I see a tight one tonight, Sammy. Okay, so that brings me to a question about a, a bet. Ooh. A certain a certain betting line, a certain uh, betting site that I'm looking at here, has a correct score bet, which I always think is an interesting one because oh. hockey scores, hockey scores, if it's close, tend to be in the same sort of range, right? We're right. talking four three, three two, five four. Like if it's a close game, we're kind of talking in the same range. Yeah. Tampa Bay Lightning three to two tonight as a correct yeah. score at twelve to one is extremely interesting to me Ooh. because, like you said, I think if Tampa wins tonight, it is going to be a low-scoring event. 
I don't think that they're going to shoot six by Kemper again or Fran Suze or, or Fran Coles. I always screw up his name. Fran Suze, yeah. Whoever, whoever's in the net for most of the game, I don't think they're going to shoot six by him. So yeah. I do like Tampa tonight if I'm going to bet, and 3-2 uh, is a tantalizing score. I like that idea. I like the idea of going uh, specific on uh, on a number for these two because usually you can pick three or four scores around an area and the odds are so good that it's still well yeah. worthwhile to do it. 100%. So. That'll be fascinating. The The other end of thing in the goaltending is uh, Vasilevsky, who, you know, looked like the guy again last night, yeah. right? Or game I would be before. terrified if I'm an Avs fan. After, like, it's like, oh, we're do- we're going to do this again. Or you're just yeah. crap for the first couple games, and then it's like, oh, you look like, you know, scary <laughs> boogeyman again. Here's what my producer, Sam McKee, the genius, put in our thing for us today. Andre Vasilevsky earned his 10th career win in the Stanley Cup final and became the seventh goaltender in the NHL's expansion era to record a double-digit win total in the championship series. The others? Man, it's Ken Dryden, Patrick Waugh, Marty Brodeur, Billy Smith, Grant Fuhr, and Chris Osgood. I mean, the, some good? of the best goalies of all time and Chris Osgood. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I like Chris Osgood. He's, I, I texted him to come on the show earlier this year. He ghosted me twice, so whatever. Yeah, <laughs> you're not too worried about me hurting his feelings. But, uh, but really, I yeah, mean, it's a remarkable, unreal. It's a remarkable list, man. He's an all-time great. There's no doubt about it. couple more stats for you. Tampa Bay's win on Monday guaranteed there won't be a sweep in the Stanley Cup final for the 23rd consecutive season, extending the longest stretch in NHL history. That's pretty cool. I, I think that is Gary Bettman's wet dream right there. Parody. Yeah. That's just parody. It's like, you know, you got two teams that are pretty evenly matched. I'm trying to think of even the last time. Was the one, the Kings and Rangers was five games? I'm even trying to think of one that was even five games. They usually go I six know, or seven. My, my dad's Islanders teams had a had a sweep somewhere in there. I don't know if that's farther yeah. back. Yeah. All right. Uh, we will find out uh, how it goes tonight. We'll talk more uh, tomorrow. Kipper will be back. I will be here. Full on, normal show. Uh, thanks to David Amber. Thanks to, well, no thanks to Luke Fox, but thanks to Sam McKee, <laughs> Josh Santos. And uh, we will see you back here tomorrow. Thank you very much.